This is Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a podcast where I celebrate my favorite romantic TV shows, movies, books, and talk in detail about why I love them so much, without embarrassment or shame. Mostly. This is Poppy, and in this episode, the fresh costume romance of Bridgerton and Sanditon. Have you all binged Bridgerton yet? I'm betting most of you have. It's the Netflix series that just premiered a few weeks ago, based on the series of Regency romances by Julia Quinn. It has been a number one on Netflix for quite a few weeks and has a ton of people online talking. Okay, originally I planned to contrast Bridgerton with Sanditon. It's another series set in the Regency era based on an unfinished novel by Jane Austen. I'll definitely get to that a little bit later. But on second viewing of Bridgerton, I cannot deny this overwhelming passion any longer. Bridgerton is set in Regency London during the season, which is a time when marriageable young ladies of a certain class are presented to eligible young men. The gowns, the tiaras, the pomp, the handsome, the pretty. The season's opening ball at Danbury House is a most highly sought-after invitation indeed for every darling debutante from Park Lane to Regent Street will be on display. Titled, chaste, and innocent, this is what they have been raised and trained for since birth. Tonight, we shall discover which young ladies might succeed at securing a match, thereby avoiding the dreadful, dismal condition known as the spinster. Oh, I do love to dance. Should you like my flower? We grow them in our very own garden. I must show you my watercolors sometime, if you desire to see them. And she's quite proficient on the piano forte, too. Luxurious houses covered in wisteria dared into blooming. Parties, perfectly synchronized dances with fireworks, pop songs by Maroon 5 and Billie Eilish arranged for string quartet, classy people living pampered lives. People of romance, there's something for everyone here. Gender fluidity, open relationships, class warfare, ravenous sexual appetites, sexy times that polish every bit of furniture in the house. Did I mention the kissing and lovemaking? I cannot stop thinking of you. From the mornings you ease, to the evenings you quiet, to the dreams you inhabit. My thoughts of you never end. I am yours, Daphne. I have always been yours. From the moment Simon, Duke of Hastings, trots up on his black steed and uses the warrior dismount, you know you're in for some delicious romantic fun. 
This series has such a playful, sexy tone, and the diverse cast is so great to see. The action focuses mainly on the large Bridgerton family. Daphne Bridgerton is a typical debutante of her class. She knows she needs to marry, but wants to marry for love, not money or position. Her brother suggests a dolt named Nigel, and he's no match for smart-spirited Daphne. When Nigel finds her alone in the garden one night, he presumes too much and tries to basically assault her, so Daphne punches him right in the eye. The Duke of Hastings is nearby, hiding out in the garden, too. He's trying to escape an equally bad bargain. Whatever are you doing? Nigel, not now. Nigel? We to drop the honorific so soon? I suppose, as your husband... You will never be my husband. I will never marry you. My brother, he... he made a mistake. Do you think yourself better than me? It would be best for you to leave. You should be thanking me. I'm your last hope. No one wants you as Bridget. What are you doing? Find out soon enough. Stop it! Let go of me! Your Grace, I had no intention... Of knocking the climp flat out. And I must say I'm impressed. What are you doing out here? Avoiding certain people. People? Mothers. Yeah, people, I suppose. You are coming from the Dark Walk. It is merely a few steps away. What would you know? The Dark Walk is merely a few steps away. And I am alone with two men. I believe you're only with one man. I shall be compromised just the same. Do you have any idea what would happen if someone even suggested that I... I must go. Marry me, Miss Bridgerton. Now, as far as proposals go, that may be the least romantic of all. I suppose if someone were to find me here, it would be one way out of marrying him. Oh, you cannot possibly be thinking of marrying him. If I'm unable to secure another offer, there may be no alternative. Unlike you, I cannot simply declare I do not wish to marry. I do not have such a privilege. Yes, I was quite surprised to learn you no longer have a line of suitors around every last square in London. I'm in no need of your derision, sir. I do not mock you. I'm being sincere. I know of what this lady Whistledown has written. Trust I possess as much contempt for the author as you do. She's all but issued a challenge to London's most ambitious mamas, encouraging, provoking them. Claim you as their prize. Do not worry, Your Grace. I believe such a win would be promptly forfeited indeed. So the Duke has a better idea. After standing there being very impressed with this guy lying on the grass after Daphne punches him, he thinks, hmm. Okay, this long scene ends with them pressed up against each other, scheming and dancing, staring into each other's eyes. It's shot from above, then an intimate close-up. Stare into my eyes, Daphne, closer. Did I mention that Bridgerton is a really sexy show? I must go this way. You through those trees. Perhaps there is an answer. To our collective Lady Whistledown issue.
We could pretend to form an attachment. With you in my arm, the world will believe I finally found my duchess. Every presumptuous mother in town will leave me alone, and every suitor will be looking at you. You must know, men are always interested in a woman when they believe another, particularly a duke, to be interested as well. You presume Lady Whistle. I presume sure they must be precisely what we are. Me, unavailable. You, desirable. people pretending to be attracted to each other. People of romance, we know how this is going to end, right? Yeah, with both of them pretending that the whole aim is to find a partner for the other when the perfect one is staring them right in the face. You should not have lost your temper with your bad books. You should know something about Miss Bridgerton. I will not tolerate a bully. And you should know something about me, Your Grace. I will not have this go wrong. You mean our ruse? It's more than a ruse now. It is more than a negotiation. This is not just about finding the best match to impress Lady Whistledown. Or the Queen. Or any member of the town. This is about a life, Your Grace. My life. I must finally take charge of it. I cannot afford to do otherwise. So I shall not have this go wrong. And if you are not in agreement, then you should tell me now. I shall agree. On one condition. You do not understand, Your Grace. But you call me Simon. If we are truly to seem to be courting, if this is to be a match like no other, then you should call me by my name. Very well. Simon. <laughs> Is there something funny about my name? No, no. No. It is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Very well. Daphne. I wish to find a husband. The time we have a family. Children. Then let's find your husband. The pretend hotness doesn't end there. They keep fanning the flames of the shroud, as Daphne says. 
Oh, the look of distressed confusion on the face of this curious, sheltered hothouse flower as Simon tries to explain the birds and the bees to her. Of course it was you. My mother told me something curious the other day. Hmm. That one should marry one's dearest friend. Are you suggesting I marry your brother? No. But I do wonder, is that truly what marriage is all about then? Friendship. Well, I imagine it's a good start. Though most marriages I gather are more like battlefields. Even if it is a battlefield, there must be other things that hold the troop together. My word. I might have thought you were trying to organize a militia. Ah, now there is a fine group of recruits. What I mean is... There are other things, physical, or perhaps intangible, that bring a couple together. Well, yes, of course there is more to a marriage, physical and intangible. Both. Both? But how can something be both physical and intangible when they are indeed quite the opposite? <laughs> you are beastly. Never mind. No, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the absurdity of how little mothers tell their daughters. You tell us nothing. Well, I'm certainly going to tell you. Why not? Because it is not my place. In any real courtship, yes. It would be scandalous for a suitor to discuss such things with a lady. But you are not a real suitor, are you? And besides, no one else will tell me anything. So how am I ever to find a proper husband if I do not even know what I'm to be searching for? You will know when you know. <laughs> what does that even mean? I cannot tell you. I thought we were friends. But Daphne. Simon, tell me. Tell me. All right, all right. What happens between a husband and a wife? Well, it is a natural continuation of what happens at night. At night? <laughs> what happens at night? When you are alone. When I am sleeping. Not when you are sleeping. When you touch yourself. You do touch yourself. When you are alone, you can touch yourself. Anywhere in your body, anywhere that gives you pleasure. But especially between your legs. And when you find a feeling you particularly enjoy, you can carry on with that until the feeling grows and eventually you reach the pinnacle, a release. I should help you. Come. Oh, I'm back. Just drying my hair after my cold shower. of writers online are recommending Sanditon as one way to climb down from the Bridgerton High. Hmm, let me compare and contrast. 
I love Sanditon. It's also set in the Regency era. It's also fresh and modern feeling. A bit more serious and satirical, though. It's based on an unfinished novel by Jane Austen written at the end of her life. It's definitely less satisfying to watch if you're not a fan of the slow burn, non-happy ever after romance. But we are talking about Theo James as the romantic hero, Sidney Parker. So the meandering journey is captivating for many reasons. The Sanditon story follows brothers Tom and Sidney Parker. They're trying to develop the seaside town of Sanditon into a modern health resort. Charlotte Haywood is a young, marriageable gentlewoman from the country who's invited to stay with them. She's more interested in having adventures than men courting her. She also has lots of smart ideas and opinions that she wants to share. Oh, how this rubs Sidney and all of society the wrong way. He's arrogant and callous, especially towards Charlotte. But he gradually sees the light with the help of... Guess who? That's right. Mr. Parker, may I have a word? Our conversation at the party. I expressed myself badly and I fear you misunderstood me. I didn't mean to disparage your brother or to offend you. Indeed, I have the greatest admiration for what you and he are doing here in Sanditon. You were right to rebuke me and indeed I am sorry. I hope you won't think too badly of me. Think too badly of you? I don't think of you at all, Miss Hayward. I have no interest in your approval or disapproval. Quite simply, I don't care what you think or how you feel. I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but there it is. Have I made myself clear? Only if you really don't care. I wonder that you take the trouble to be quite so offensive and hurtful. Good day. Ooh, hateful man. But Sidney Parker and Simon Duke of Hastings have super satisfying emotional growth arcs in these stories. They learn that yielding just that little bit, honesty, respect, and a touch of vulnerability brings the intimacy that they're yearning for. Oh, Sidney, poor sweet Charlotte saw the good in you under that gruff exterior and waited a long time for this moment. If you're looking for your brother... I'm not. As a matter of fact, I was looking for you. I thought you and Mrs. Campion would be heading back to London. She's already left. I decided against joining her. On reflection, I realized I would rather be here. I believe I am my best self, my truest self. 
مدیم But Simon, you little duke, you, you get the top personal growth prize. Well, plead your case. Your Majesty, I assure you nothing untoward has occurred. It is only that we love each other so very much. <sighs> While I was deeply flattered by the attention of your nephew, the Prince, I... I simply could not ignore my long-standing affection for the Duke. You see, Your Majesty, it was love at first sight. It was not, Your Majesty. The young lady flatters me. It was not love at first sight for either of us. There was attraction, certainly, at least on my part. But Miss Bridgerton thought me presumptuous, arrogant, insincere, all fair, really. And I thought her a prim young lady barely out of leading strings. Not to mention the sister of my best friend. And so romance was entirely out of the question for both of us. But in so removing it, we found something far greater. We found friendship. You see, Miss Bridgerton and I have been fooling all of Mayfair for quite some time. We have fooled them into thinking we are courting. And really, all along, we simply enjoyed each other's company so much we could not stay away from one another. I've never been a man that much enjoyed flirting, or chatting, or indeed talking at all with Daphne, Miss Bridgerton. Conversation has always been easy. Her laughter brings me joy. To meet a beautiful woman is one thing, but to meet your best friend and the most beautiful of women is something entirely apart. And... It is with my sincerest apologies, I must say, it took the prince coming along for me to realize I did not want Miss Bridgerton to only be my friend. I wanted her to be my wife. I want her to be my wife. And so I... In Sanditon, the romantic tension builds and builds until Sidney finally realizes Charlotte is no fool. She's actually his perfect match. He takes her into his arms at the town ball as he realizes this. And it's the most romantic scene in the whole show. Charlotte and Sydney are only inches apart. And at one point, her gloved arms snakes around his waist. It's so intimate and sensual. It's lit by candlelight and her eyes are in close up and never leave his face. It draws us right into the moment. I think it's one of the most gorgeous dance scenes I've ever seen in a costume drama. And I know I keep saying this, but really, I mean, the dance scenes plus the intimate dialogue in Bridgerton as they're dancing are pretty amazing, too. I'm going to try to find links and put them in the show notes. you got to see these. Bridgerton is so exuberant. It's the story of a powerful duke who won't marry banding together with a beautiful woman who must marry, so they create this fake commitment and then fall for each other anyway. I mean, it's full of romantic drama. It's pure romantic sugar. Sanditon is more of a slow burn. 
still romantic, even if it does end with a mm, mature, everybody grows up and learns that things don't always work out. Hmm, how clever of the writers to end an unfinished story with an unresolved ending. Hmm, it's maddening, though, because Sydney transformed by love ooh, is a sight to behold. But let's leave the ultimate transformed by love scene to Daphne Bridgerton and Simon, Duke of Hastings, who reveal the raw romantic truth we crave, if we're being honest. I have spent the last three days in agony, unable to talk to you, unable to be alone with you, because I knew you wanted nothing to do with me. And understandably so, after forcing you to make an unimaginable sacrifice, you wanted a life with children, a family. You wanted a life with a man you truly knew. You wanted a love match, and yet... And yet, this could not be any more different. Is that what you hope to say? I shall join you for dinner momentarily. Everything I told the Queen was true. I cannot stop thinking of you. From the mornings you ease, to the evenings you quiet, to the dreams you inhabit. My thoughts of you never end. I am yours, Daphne. I have always been yours. I do not know how to be any more clear. Well, do not get angry. I'm not angry. You look angry and bothered. Look at you, you're downright flushed. Yes, that is what happens. When one is angry. When one burns for someone who does not feel the same. You burn for me. Why do you think I followed you into that garden? Why do you think I went into that garden? If you would have only looked at me this week... For longer than two seconds, you would have seen. It is you I cannot sacrifice. I burn for you. enjoy this podcast? Well, first of all, I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you'll consider clicking share from your podcast app or telling a friend about it. Find show notes with links to what I've been babbling about at confessionsofaclosetromantic.com. Special shout out to my listeners in Australia. Hey, it's so nice to have your company. Until next time, wishing you shame-free, transformative and passionate romance.